Hello and welcome to the podcast for the March issue of The Lancet Oncology. Richard Lane here and this month I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague Rob Riley. Welcome Rob. Let's start with a research article. This is a quality of life study looking at the issue of radiotherapy dosing for patients with early breast cancer. What's the clinical issue here Rob? Quality of life should form an important part of discussions between patients and doctors when making treatment decisions, but at present, data relating to quality of life following radiotherapy for breast cancer are scarce. This study analyses quality of life data for patients enrolled in the two START trials, which established the safety and efficacy of hyperfractionated radiotherapy regimens, in which a total lower dose of radiotherapy is given in fewer, larger fractions relative to the international standard regimen of 50 grays in 25 fractions. Thanks, Rob. Go on and uh, summarise the methodology and the key results here. The researchers gathered quality of life data for over 2,000 women for five years, in particular looking at patient-reported breast, arm and shoulder symptoms and body image following treatment. Although a substantial proportion of women reported moderate or marked breast, arm and shoulder symptoms over the five years following radiotherapy, the rates of these adverse events were lower for patients who received hyperfractionated regimens than for those who received the standard regimen. These findings provide further evidence in favour of the use of hyperfractionated regimens for breast cancer and also hopefully serve as a starting point for further research into patient-reported outcomes in this area. Next, let's discuss briefly a Phase two single-arm study, and this is looking at a treatment protocol and approach, really, for poor-risk rectal cancer. Start off by telling us what is the usual approach for rectal cancer, and what were the specific aims of this Phase two study? Although surgical resection forms the mainstay of treatment for localised rectal cancer, it is typically done after either hyperfractionated radiotherapy or long-course chemoradiotherapy to reduce the risk of recurrence. In this Phase two study, patients with poor-risk rectal cancer received an intensified regimen, first receiving neoadjuvant chemotherapy, then treatment with chemoradiotherapy, and then surgery. And summarise the key results, Rob. 95 of the 105 eligible patients enrolled in the trial underwent surgery. Of these patients, 21 achieved a pathological complete response, greater than the pre-specified margin of success. The five-year estimates of progression-free and overall survival were impressive for this poorest group of patients, at 64% 75% respectively. And I noticed, Rob, there were some cardiotoxicity issues, which meant that the protocol had to be changed during the study, is that right? The protocol was amended to exclude patients with a recent history of clinically significant cardiac problems after nine cardiotoxic events had occurred in the first 77 patients. Following the amendment, only one further cardiovascular event occurred. And so, Rob, what do the authors conclude? Obviously, it's a single-arm study, so no comparison data available. How should we interpret the findings? The authors conclude that neoadjuvant chemotherapy is feasible before chemoradiotherapy and surgery, and that their findings justify further research into this approach. Indeed, a multicentre randomised trial is underway using this approach in combination with the targeted agent cetuximab. And finally, Rob, another phase two study, and this is looking at giant cell tumour of bone. What's the clinical issue here? Giant cell tumour of bone is a rare primary bone tumour that usually occurs in the long bones of young adults. The tumour is typically benign and surgery is the definitive treatment, with 80% of patients having tumours amenable to resection. However, surgery can result in substantial morbidity, and treatment options for those patients with unresectable disease are limited. In this study, researchers assessed the use of denosumab, a systemically administered monoclonal antibody, in patients with recurrent or unresectable giant cell tumour of bone. And what were the findings, Rob? 37 patients were enrolled, of whom 35 had sufficient histological or radiological data for assessment of efficacy. 30 of these patients had a tumour response, defined in this study as the elimination of at least 90% of giant cells, 
or no radiological progression by week 25. Five patients experienced grade 3 or worse adverse events, of which only one was deemed to be possibly related to treatment. So what are the next steps for research in this area? Future studies should address whether the effect of the drug continues in the long term, beyond 25 weeks, and whether it is effective in a broader population of patients. Further research into denosumab's use in a neoadjuvant setting in the hope of reducing the size of tumours and facilitating surgery is also warranted. And just finally, highlight any other items in the March issue that you'd like our listeners to look for. We have another bumper issue on our hands, but amongst the other research articles, I'd like to draw your attention to a phase two trial that assesses the concurrent or sequential use of hormonal therapy and radiotherapy for early stage breast cancer. And among the reviews, we have papers on minimally invasive surgery for head and neck cancer, nerve sparing and individually tailored surgery for cervical cancer, and optimising the therapeutic ratio in head and neck cancer. Well, many thanks, Rob, for joining us this month. Those are some of the highlights from the March issue of the Lancet Oncology. We'll be back next month.